Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Coming in hot today on this Monday, January 23rd, 2023, coming off the heels of JT The Brick Show from noon to 2. And, of course, that follows the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Clay Baker, Heidi Fang, and Vinny Bonsignor. So excited to be with you for the next three hours. Raider Nation came in as a red polo day today. Not saying that there's anger on the horizon. Not saying I'm mad, but one to set the tone for the week. One to kind of set the tone, and DeMond's doing double duty today, so... I think the tone is already set, brother. <laughs> You're not wearing a red shirt, but you got, what, a hot pink on? You're, you're rocking your LV Aces there? Yep, yep. An ESPN Las Vegas shirt, too. I'm a company man. Oh, there you go. There you go. You got all the brands showing today. I'm not mad at that at all. But, no, we're coming in hot, having a having a good time today. Uh, Going to be coming in with surprises. I can tell you that right off the top. Man, Black Crows. We got tickets to Black Crows all week long. How about that? And I don't know the whole Black Crows library, but I know when you say Black Crows, everyone, and I mean everyone, knows who the Black Crows are. So we've got that coming up every single day this week. We're going to be giving out tickets to that. So that's something to pay attention to. Matter of fact, I'll go ahead and tell you right now, at 245, we're going to give out tickets to the Black Crows. So if you want to go see Black Crows, we got you coming up at 245. Uh, we got a fantastic show lined up for you. I'm excited about coming in here on this Monday. Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas, and the RJ. He'll join us at 2.30. He's our normal Monday guest, so we'll talk all things what he saw this weekend from the divisional round of the playoffs, how that could pertain to the Raiders, what the Raiders should do moving forward if they want to be a playoff team, if they want to be a team that plays Super Wild Card Weekend, divisional round playoffs, and even in the championship game, what do they need to do? What do they need to take away from the past few weekends that they need to make sure that their team has? Coming up in 2023, hint, hint, defense is a lot of it. Just going to go ahead and say that off top. But Ed Granny will join us coming up at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, John McClain, GallerySports.com and Sports Radio 610. He normally joins us on Tuesdays, but he hit me up and said, Q, I'm going to be out of town tomorrow. Can I join you on Monday? Yeah. I'm not going to tell the general no, <laughs> right? If the general wants to come on on Monday, then damn it, he's going to come on on Monday. So uh, we get to start the week off with John McClain uh, talking all things NFL, and we'll definitely deep dive into everything going on in the NFL when it comes to coaching hires. And, of course, it's been pretty quiet on that front. I think everyone's waiting for the Sean Payton shoe to drop. Uh, what's going on with the Houston Texans? What's going on with the teams that are still left in the playoffs? And Kansas City, what's going on with their quarterback who has a high ankle sprain right now? How does that affect them moving forward? We'll deep dive into everything NFL with John McClain coming up at 3 o'clock. Then Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back, he joins us pretty regularly on Mondays around 3.30. Not only is he going to talk some NFL with us, DeMond, but I know this is something that you've kind of talked with them uh, off air about. The next level chef, he's on Team Ramsey. He's pretty fired up about that. I actually heard, and I don't know how this is going to work or if it's going to work, there's actually a chance that some of the other chefs from Team Ramsey may call in while he's actually on the show with us today. I'm just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there that it might be something that could happen, but that's pretty cool. And I, you know me, I don't know a whole lot about, well, uh, about cooking, first of all. That's not my bag. But second of all, I don't really know a whole lot about reality shows, but that little next level chef thing for, uh, and him being a part of Team Ramsey, that's a big deal. 
Do you never just catch yourself as you finish a football game or something and a cooking show comes on? I don't no. care what the show no. is. But Gordon Ramsay's got the Fox Network on yeah. lock. Yeah. And sometimes they can just sit there for about 30 minutes. I don't know what happened last week. I don't know what's going to happen next week. But it's uh, like, hmm, I wonder if they're going to get this done. I don't watch any of those shows. The one show that I'll I'll watch every once in a while, and that's only when I leave the, the home studio and I go downstairs and I start talking to the wife, she'll be watching like Chopped or something like that, and she'll give me the rundown real quick on the contestants, and she'll be like, I don't like that person because this, that, and the other. I don't like that person because this this person's cool. That person, not so much. Like, she'll give me the rundown, so I'm already kind of, my, my mind's already tainted on who I like, and so I'll just look at him and be like, oh, okay, that, that cat right there. And she's like, well, why would you pick him? And I was like, I don't know. He just looks cool. So I just roll with them, but I don't have any idea. You know, I, I can, I look, man, I wouldn't know. I mean, I know what it looks like if it looks good, but I wouldn't know how to make it, so it's just not my bag. Yeah, because it, it all looks good when it comes out. and you're just at these It's levels, all better than what I can yeah, do. <laughs> nobody, they're not presenting any slop. Right. But then you got Gordon Ramsay, and he's just yelling at them. And I, sometimes you feel bad for these people. Oh, really? Because it's a lot of stress, yeah. Okay, see, I'm not knowing. That's what we'll ask Mark about. I mean, I, I really want to deep dive into this because I know it's a big deal. That's the one thing I do know is that this is a big deal. One contestant on MasterChef once, he put two pieces of bread next to the head as I have the microphone here, and he said, you're an idiot sandwich. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Nice. Nice. I don't know how I'd have taken that disrespect, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. I wonder how Mark could take some kind of disrespect like that. But he's on Team Ramsey, so he didn't have to worry about that, right? Or there, there's there's multiple teams in this, th- this Yes, thing? there are three teams. Okay. See, I'm good then. See? So we'll, we'll get to the deep. We'll let him deep dive into it coming up at 3.30. We'll also talk uh, NFL. And uh, in particular, I really want to focus in on playing corner, and you have a line in front of you that generates 70 sacks like the Eagles. We talked about it late last week how much I was impressed by what their defense was able to do. They had another five sacks on, sun, on, uh, excuse me, on Saturday against, uh, against the, uh, the Giants and never gave them an opportunity to get going. They just didn't. And, I mean, they got four guys in double digits when it comes to sacks. Like, are you kidding me? Right? I mean, and we, like I said, we talked about it. We did a deep dive on it last week. But, man, the Raiders have one guy in double digits, and that's Max Crosby. The, the, the Eagles had 11, 11, 11, and 16. Not bad. Right, And then they had, of course, other guys that were able to, to get pressure as well, corners that would come on blitzes or other guys. But for the most part, man, they got all their, their, their production from their front four, from their guys up front. I mean, you know, and, and I know Hassan Reddick is listed as a linebacker, but he's up at, you know, he's pinning his ears back, getting to the quarterback uh, all the time. That's, that's basically his primary job. So uh, we'll talk about how much that helps play the corner position, like a guy like James Bradbury who I talked about quite a bit, you talked about quite a bit in the last offseason that we thought the Raiders should go get him, and James Bradbury had a hell of a season. Even came up with an interception over the weekend. But how much is that? I mean, that's obviously a, a big help because of what's going on up front, right? He might not have had that big of a season with the Raiders because they ain't getting that kind of pressure after the quarterback. So that helps in a major way. So we'll kind of talk about how both of those go hand in hand. Just looking at the Eagles roster, Fletcher Cox, their defensive tackle, he had seven sacks. And then you forget that Indomitian Sue was just right. had 15 snaps against the Giants. It was just, hey, Sue, we only need you about 15, 20 plays, but just go out there and give it a I mean, give you forget about the fact that he's even on the squad, right? I mean, he's really, uh, you know, just kind of a, a, another dude. He's just another guy. I mean, you know, when, when, when Raider Nation was talking about, oh, go out and sign Sue, go out and sign Sue, he wants to be a Raider, he would have had to ha- put in some big work. He'd have had to be a guy that has seven or eight sacks, right? He wouldn't have been able to guy that they could just go out there and let him take 15 reps, 15 snaps. That wouldn't have worked. He would have had to put in the heavy lifting. He went to a great, a great opportunity there in, in Philly where he can 
basically put in minimal work and, and, and still be effective because he's, he's good, he's fresh, he's ready to go, and he's been there, done that. Fletcher Cox and Dominican Sue. Hargrave, we for, we need to talk about Jordan Davis. Right, everybody on right. this line, man. Right. No, they built it right. They built it right. You know, from the uh, you know from the inside out, uh, and that's something that the Raiders have to do in a major way. So Mark McMillan will join us at three thirty. Then at four o'clock, as we continue to deep dive into the upcoming draft, and I say upcoming, it's about ninety-seven days away or something like that. It's in April, late April in Kansas City. Of course, Raider Nation Radio nine twenty will be there uh, to bring you all the sights and sounds and get you up up close and personal. And hopefully, whoever the Raiders draft at number seven. Uh, we're able to talk to. Hopefully they're there in the green room and we're able to get up close and personal with that person. Uh, that's a fun experience. Going to the draft is amazing. I mean, it was great being here last year in Vegas, but it's just a little different when you're on the road, you're going from place to place, and you're trying to catch up with these guys, and then all of a sudden they get in the green room and they get drafted. And again, I always go back to 2019 when I was in Nashville and was able to go talk to Josh Jacobs before he was drafted and then immediately talk to him after he got drafted. And, you know, just kind of seeing how the whole the whole thing is put together, it's it's really a fun, a fun experience. So we'll do that here on Radio Nation Radio 920, no doubt about that coming up at the end of, uh, of April. But as we continue to kind of deep dive into the draft, and we're, we're deep diving, but we're not going full throttle. We're still kind of going with the slow drip process because let's be honest about the situation. It's January 23rd. Once the Super Bowl's over, once free agency's over, then it's like full throttle, hair on fire, dip your head in a tank of gasoline, you know, all that good stuff. That's what it'll be like after free agency is over because it'll all be about the draft. Right now, we're just starting to get, like I said, the slow drip process. So Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes, he's going to join the show at 4 o'clock, and we'll talk about a few of the Buckeyes that are expected to go in the first round. Obviously, C.J. Stroud is the big name. He's going to go in the top 10 as the quarterback position, but they have other guys, right? They got a big-time offensive lineman, you know, Paris Johnson. They got a big-time offensive lineman. They got a big-time wide receiver. Those are just first-round dudes. There could be some sleepers. There could be another Thayer Munford, for all we know. Remember, the Raiders got Thayer Mumford in round seven, and he worked out to be a pretty good little player. And if he continues to develop at the very end of the day, he could at least be depth, right? I'm not saying he's going to end up being a 15-year starter in the NFL and being an all-pro or whatever, but even if he could be depth, if you can get some depth along that offensive line that you trust in the seventh round, you're doing some good things. And the one thing I'll say, there's going to be a theme because as we're still getting used to this new staff, what they're looking for as far as draft pick goes. When we talk to these guys about draft picks, we always got to make sure we bring up versatility, right? Because we know that that's something that Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, Josh McDaniels is looking for. So if we're talking about an offensive lineman, hey, so is this guy versatile? Can he go from the right to the left? Can he play inside? Can he play out? What, what, what's, give us the details on this guy. Oh, no, he's strictly a right guard or he's strictly a, a left guard. Okay, he most likely is out. <laughs> right? I mean, and that's the one thing we can say. The M.O. is there. And what the M.O. that we're going to be looking for, and I believe that, that the Raiders are going to be looking for, is guys that are versatile. So that's going to be a major box that needs to be checked when it comes to a lot of these draft picks. Now, when it gets later in the, in, in the draft, maybe it won't be such a priority. But I guarantee you what, man, early on in the draft, they're going to be looking for all those versatile dudes, something that we talked about quite a bit. And so far, any of the draft people that we've talked to, We've heard that same word, Demond. Like, okay, Dave Ziegler and company—they're looking for versatile dudes. Even, uh, even our guy from the uh, from from the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy. Yeah. yeah, even he said that last week when we had him on on Friday. Yeah, and he gave so much good insight. As Dave Ziegler is one of the guys that he said would always answer his phone calls when it comes to what 
NFL front office guys are looking for from these college players. And yep. with that versatility, you it means so much when you see Dylan Parham, where he's the guy. Hey, man, he center both guard spots. Hey, if they put, tried to put him at tackle, I don't know how successful he'd be at it. Right. But I know that he'd at least give it a shot because it's that versatility that he showcased in college and the first pick off the board where – hey, look what he did this year on the field. Right. I didn't think he was going to start coming into the season, but I was comfortable with him starting at either spot on the field, whether it be center, left guard, or right guard. Right. You knew that one of those interior spots he was going to hold down, and I felt pretty comfortable that he was going to start. Uh, but, you know, you think about it. He played all season long as a third-round draft pick, right? I mean, that just lets you know that I feel like that they did a really good job with that uh, scouting department and finding who they wanted. And, and, again, that wasn't even really necessarily their scouts that they were working with leading into last year's draft. So this year – I do. I have high expectations. Doesn't mean that my high expectations can't be shot out the sky, right? I mean, I could go in guns blazing. Oh, this is going to be amazing, and then it turns out to be you know nothing. But my expectations, just because so far what we've gotten to know with these guys, I feel pretty comfortable that they're going to make some good decisions when it comes draft time. But again, that's up to them to actually go out there and make it happen. So Jay Stevens, locked on Buckeyes. He'll join us at 4 o'clock to talk about some of the Ohio State guys in the draft. And then at 4.30, we'll have cover three NFL news and notes of the day. We'll kind of scatter shoot with uh, some, you know, a little bit of headlines and some news and nuggets that came out of the weekend and that are going on later on uh, throughout the course of the day as well. So those are the guests that we have. Ed Grady at 2.30, John McClain at 3, Mark McMillan at 3.30, Jay Stevens at 4. Now that you know the guests, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Not that I didn't already kind of give it away, at least as far as I'm concerned, but maybe something else stood out to you. What stood out to you the most from the winners this past weekend? You know, in, in these games, in the divisional rounds games, what stood out to you the most that the Raiders could take away from? Like, how can Dave Ziegler and company look at what they saw this weekend and say, okay, we've got to have that? And like I said, I, I, I already let the cat out of the bag from the very top of the show. For me, it was defense, 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 and defense. All four teams that advanced all have the, the, the defense was a major reason why they advanced, regardless what the score was. I don't care what the outcome was, right? I know the Eagles put up 38 points, but you know why the Giants struggled so much? Because Daniel Jones was under duress the whole damn game. Got sacked five times. Turned the ball over a couple times. Dak Prescott, they're trying to run him out of Dallas right now because of that 49er defense that we saw Sunday night. And on the other side, the flip side, the Cowboys could have won that game because of their defense. Their defense allowed them to hang around in that game. Even though they weren't playing well, the defense was playing well enough to keep them in that game and make Brock Purdy somewhat look like just a normal quarterback and not a guy that has been playing some really good balls of late. I mean, they really humbled him. You look at the other games, right? Cincinnati, they held Stephon Diggs to four catches for 35 yards? Eli Apple was smoking a cigar Man, in the post. In the and, post and, and you know what? The, if people conference. don't stop hitting me up about Eli Apple, <laughs> Q, I think you need to give Eli Apple his props. I won't. <laughs> I won't. He makes a couple plays here and there. I get it. But he is not very good. I can't remember what show I was doing. I think it was yesterday afternoon when I was doing uh, uh, some ESPN National. We were on prime time, and uh, someone said something about, man, Eli Apple, he's, he's all of a sudden turned in a really good career. And we were on with Orlando Franklin, right, former NFL offensive lineman. And he goes, Eli Apple ain't good. <laughs> Eli Apple has done a little bit better, but he still ain't good. It was so funny the way he said it. He just, I mean, he didn't even hesitate to rip him. And I was like, thank you. Thank you, sir, because I'll tell you right now, people are hitting me up. Get cute. Give him his flowers. I ain't giving him no flowers. None. He's still not very good. 
I mean, he locked down Stephon Diggs. It's almost like an NFL version of Pat Bev, where he always got something to say. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's. I mean, you got you got to give him a little bit of props, but uh, the defense in general for Cincinnati did a hell of a job. I mean, that was the thing about it, man. They had Josh Allen looking like. You know, and I said this earlier when I was talking to my guy um, CK in, in Fresno. I said it looked like Josh Allen from Reedley College instead of Josh Allen, the, the potential MVP. And Reedley College is the community college there in the five five nine that he went to before he uh, before he transferred to a big school, and then all of a sudden ended up in the in the NFL. No, he he just he just looked like he was under duress the whole game. You know, the Cincinnati came out with a with a purpose. And they really, they really flustered him, and he he just never really looked good. And then you look at the Chiefs game. The Chiefs, you know, obviously the big scare there is Patrick Mahomes and his high ankle sprain, which he's not going to be better from next week. He's not going to all of a sudden recover and be like, all right, I'm good to go. No, I mean it's it's going to be something he has to deal with until his until the Chiefs season comes to an end, whenever that is, if it's next weekend or if it's the Super Bowl, whatever the case is, he's not going to get better from that high ankle sprain until all activity is done. But the thing about it is the Chiefs were up enough where that defense was able to kind of say, all right, we're not going to allow y'all to come back in this game. Because, look, man, Jacksonville, even though I didn't give them much of a chance going into that game, they had a little something-something. They had a little something for Kansas City. And if, if, uh, if the defense didn't, didn't step up and make some plays there and make Trevor Lawrence uncomfortable, they very well easily could have won that game. I mean, once Patrick Mahomes got hurt, I, I remember my mom texting me like, how do you feel about this game? I was like, well. But Pat Hurt, who knows, right? There's, there, it's up in the air, but the defense did enough. So I take that and I translate that to what I see with the Raiders, and that's, I mean, that's where it is. Obviously, this offseason, the quarterback's going to be the biggest topic because you have to have a quarterback. But, man, they, they've ignored the defense for far too long. We talked about the defense on the show so many times, and it's, it's so funny, DeMond. So many people hit me up and be like, y'all never talk about defense. I was like, no, we only talk about defense. That's all we do. You know, I mean, like, that's where we live is, is, is on the defensive side of things. That's what it's – they've got to address every element of the defense. The line, the linebackers, the corners, and the safeties. Every area – I said it on my podcast. I think they need at least five starters on defense. At least five. Yeah, it sounds like a high number, but it's not outrageous. It's not if you think about it. I don't care where you get them from, whether it be you get two in the draft and three in free agency, but you gotta, you need at least five starters. I would think so. You can't just run it back and just say, hey, we'll get It'll one more outside year. receiver, uh, right. excuse me, cornerback, and maybe someone to replace Denzel Perryman, like Devon Diablo, he'll step up, or right. Luke Masterson. No, 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 no. It needs to be someone outside, someone that was not on this roster last year. So when you say five, th- that number could be higher. It could be higher, but I'm I'm saying at least five. I'm saying they need to have a D tackle for sure, a starting D tackle that they have confidence in that can get some good production. I really think that they need to have another guy across from Max Crosby. That's two. At least one linebacker, at least one corner, and at least one safety. That's where my five are. You say at least one corner. I think two new corners. Because I'm okay with that. Nate Hobbs, hey, you're in the nickel. You, you want to slide nickel. him back inside? Yeah, you're the okay. nickel corner. He's got the versatility. If needed, if his number needs to be called, yeah. we know that you know he's not going to be out there looking helpless on the outside. But I do think that he's going to be best inside at the nickel. So I think two new corners. Okay. Well, there you go. So what's your number? Is it is it still five or is it six? I'm going six. All right. There you go. He anted up, right? I went five. He said, I'm going to one-up you. I'm going to price is right you. 
You know, if you say <laughs> if you say a hundred dollars, I'm gonna say a hundred and one dollars, right? That's that's just how it is. So the game's played, man. <laughs> it actually, it really is. But we want to hear from you, Raider Nation. 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text sign is 69187, keyword R&R. Don't forget, Ed Granny, ESPN Las Vegas. He'll join us at 2.30. But uh, who we got up first, Damon? We got Wayne in Vegas. Wayne, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? You're, first of all, you're in my five. Okay. Okay. Just like, like Charles Barkley said, you're in my five. Okay. Okay, but this is the most important thing. I feel like with this uh, Tom Brady situation, it is like you were in junior high school, and every time you passed that girl in the hallway, your heart would go, you know, pitter-pat, and then you finally got to the high school dance, and she's been ignoring you for three years, and finally you asked her to dance, and she came over and danced with you, and she don't, don't only not know how to grind, she's stepping all over your feet, <laughs> and you can't wait to get off the dance floor because you know you screwed up. And the fine girls all passed you by. Okay. <laughs> all right. Anything else? <laughs> no, that's the analogy joke. Stay I got you. away from Brady. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Thanks, Wayne. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Damon, you know how to pick him. Yeah. No, where he's in his five, he's referring to the old T-Mobile commercials where you could have, like, your top five oh, and your yeah. cell phone circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't cost you any, like, minutes or anything. No, it's all good. So, hey man, I'm rolling with it, man. I'm rolling with it. I'm still, I'm still thinking of who that girl was. That, that's why I'm like, okay, because look, I know the girl that ignored me for years on top of years on top of years, and then I remember I was hosting a club back in uh, in the 209, man, when I was working for Hot 104. I was hosting a club, and all of a sudden she came up to me out of nowhere. And she's like, hey, what's up? And I was like, oh, hey, what's up? And then she kept talking to me. I was like, oh, this is new, cool. <laughs> what well, is powerful what that microphone could do? <laughs> so I was good. But the rest of the thing, he, he lost me after the, the dancing and all that stuff. He lost me on that one. But I, I, I do appreciate the call. Who's up next? Oh, uh, that's all we got for right now, <laughs> okay. man. That's, I was, <laughs> that's all we needed. <laughs> I was more caught up on the you're in my five because that commercial about good 15 years old. Well, he's taking it back. He's taking it back. I like it. I like it. Well, we got a couple texts. Let me hit the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Again, what stood out to you the most about the winners from this past weekend that the Raiders could take away? And uh, they, they need to add to their squad uh, from the 707. Well, for me anyway, I learned that there's one thing worse than the Raiders not making the playoffs, and that's the Raiders not making the playoffs while the 49ers did and continue advancing. Awful being in this area when that happens. I understand. I understand because, yeah, man, I mean, and I, I thought San Francisco was going to lose that game. I really did. I, I remember we picked it last week. I picked the Cowboys. I fell for the banana the tailpipe that was good, Dak, and then all of a sudden bad Dak showed up. But bad Dak showed up a lot because of the 49ers defense. I think we got to stop sleeping on that 49ers defense. I'm not. I'm giving and them all the points in the world. But they're just even better than we expected. They are. Where you see Dan Arvlowski, he had he But had they still a, gave up 34 points to the Raiders. Hey, man. Almost lost in overtime. I don't know how Jared Stidham did it. <laughs> I'm just look, saying. Look at the tape. But Dan Orlowski had one of those moments where it's like, look at the film. Dak missed a wide open, you know, mm-hmm. a wide open receiver. Yeah. T.Y. Hilton's wide open. And then Deontay Lee, friend of the show, mm-hmm. he, you know, he broke it down in a couple of tweets. And sometimes you just got to chalk it up to that's just the game. Yeah. Where, like, as Lincoln always says, they get paid too. Oh, absolutely. So you can say that, oh, man, T.Y. Hilton was wide open on this play. All right, who's blocking Joey Bosa? Right. Who's right, blocking Fred right. Warner? Yep. <laughs> no, they got studs on every level. Of their defense. They, I mean, they they got that defense built right, and D'Amico Ryans is a stud. Absolute stud as a defensive coordinator. So, yeah, I give, the, I give that 49ers defense a ton of credit. I just thought that the Cowboys defense had enough to rattle Brock Purdy, and they did. They just couldn't do anything offensively. And then they had a, a, a kicker that's got the yips, even though he finally made a couple kicks, but he's got the yips too. It's a problem. East Bay Raider Gray said, Q, you're right, and Demond, you're right. I think we need seven. 
Seven new starters on defense. Edge rusher, a tackle, two linebackers, two cornerbacks, and a strong safety. That's East Bay Raider Gray right there. Seven new starters. Like, I said five because I don't want to be greedy. <laughs> right? I mean, because I know that it is very difficult to turn over a roster that much and all of a sudden have five new starters or six new starters or seven. But, again, there are areas of the team that have to be addressed. It's not like we're making up stuff. This is what needs to be addressed. Let's get one more quick phone call in. 702-365-9200. Who's up? Mark in Colorado. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Good, good, good. Good. Well, two things stood out to me this past weekend. One is the offensive line depth that the Cincinnati Bengals made sure that they did well on mm-hmm. draft. Yep. They dominated that line in the trenches and against a really good build team. That's not a crummy defense. No. So there you go, right? So we got to start drafting better. Hopefully it starts on the defensive line or at least the interior line on, on one side of the ball or the other. The other thing that stood out to me is, you know, since he moved away from this really good to mediocre quarterback called Andy Dalton not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Guy had 3,000 yards, he had 200-something touchdowns over his career. I mean, you know, good numbers. Yeah. Great guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Somehow they got just a little bit done with mediocrity. Now, don't get me wrong. Right, they got all the way down to the bottom of the draft, so they got that first, you know, that number one or number two overall pick. Right, I can't remember where they chose Burrow, but there you go. Mm-hmm. Right, yep. he was in that top ten spot. I know, see you. Time to stop thinking mediocre, and it's time to start, uh, you know, drafting. You know, not not reaches, not something they think is cool, not something that one coach falls in love with, like Leatherwood. <laughs> yeah, to get after some really good trench warfare guys. I don't know, the whole defense, you, you named every position group. I'm, I'm in total agreement with that. I mean, there's got to be some holes filled in free agency. And, yeah, you know, uh, from a quarterback perspective, you know, I think they got to shoot for the moon. And I think they're, they got a two-year window whether they like it or not. Devontae, Hunter, Waller, mm-hmm. all those guys. They're, it's a two- to three-year window. Agreed. <laughs> going to throw the ball to them. It's got to be a guy that they, they really trust. It can't be a guy that has a ton of promise coming out of college, even though I think that they should get a quarterback in the draft. I think he's got to sit behind and learn from somebody, you know, that knows what they're doing. Hopefully, you know, maybe that guy's Brady. I don't know. All right. Hey, good stuff. Great call. I definitely appreciate that. You know, it's funny, thinking about that that hot shot quarterback like a Joe Burrow, and he's an absolute stud. Absolute monster. I was thinking, because a lot of the conversations we've had here is, oh, just grab a guy maybe in the later round. He can sit and learn and develop into a real good quarterback. Well, how about the Raiders say, damn that? Why don't the Raiders say, you know what the hell with that? Go get a dude. You know what I mean? Go get the quarterback that you know is going to be the guy. Like Joe Burrow, when they drafted him, they were like, yeah, that, that guy's going to be a stud. When the, when the Chiefs grabbed Patrick Mahomes, they knew he was going to be a stud. When other guys, you know, Josh Allen, they felt very comfortable he was going to be a stud. How about, how about they get somebody that doesn't have to develop, but get a guy that they already look at and was like, yes, that's going to be the guy. He is that stinking good. Of course, you have to learn the NFL game. You can't just come in and, and understand it completely, but it didn't take Joe Burrow long to figure it out. Been to the Super Bowl once with a terrible offensive line, and the, the game that they played this past weekend, their offensive line wasn't great, but, you know, to our guys' credit, the, the depth there is, is, is okay, and they figured it out, how to overcome an offensive line that had question marks. That was the reason why I was so, so hung up on not really picking Cincinnati this weekend because I was like, man, they got so many guys banged up on the offensive line, I don't know if it's going to work. They figured it out a year ago with the worst offensive line and made it to the Super Bowl. This year, they're like, okay, we're going to plug in three new guys. That's fine. We'll figure it out. And that's what they did. 702-365-9200, also 69187, keyword R&R. It's a do text line. What stood out to you the most about the winners from this weekend's game that the Raiders could take away and say, yeah, 
That's what we need. Let us know about it. Coming up next, Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas, and the RJ. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Two thirty-two is the time here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness throughout the question. Question: What stood out to you the most from the winners this past weekend, divisional round of the playoffs? What is it that the Raiders could take away from what was seen this weekend? Jim from Yonkers hit us up on the Don'tBeBroke.com text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. We'll get to Ed Granny in just a minute. He said the Eagles had a great D line, changes the whole game. Mister Irrelevant has to get rid of it quick. For the Raiders, how come no Perryman? Uh, how come no to Perryman, and why did we trade Hankins? Last year of his uh, contract. Thanks for a good show, Q&D. Since you interviewed Jim Plunkett a lot, we need to start pushing him for the Hall of Fame if it's ever going to happen again. It's Jim from Yonkers. Um, I'm not necessarily saying no to Perryman. I just think that he is not a, a super priority only because of the injury history. Like this year he only played 12 games, and that's a concern because that's something that's been going on with his career. He's always missing a bunch of games. So uh, availability is a big deal to me. So when I look at a guy that is consistently missing a lot of games, I'm not saying he can't come back and be a part of the team. I'm just saying he can't be the guy that they sign and say, okay, linebacker position is fine. I think that they need to continue to make sure they upgrade it. And Hankins, I just, I don't know. (laughs) It it, might have been something with the coaching staff. I mean, I I really don't know. They traded him to to Dallas, gave uh, some of the younger guys an opportunity to get some burn. Um, I mean, he didn't do a whole lot. Right, I mean, and we saw what he did when he was with the Raiders. So uh, there's that. I, I just, I just kind of think that they are ready to to move on from him and, and get these younger guys a little bit of burn. But right now, join us on the phone lines from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, also the Las Vegas Review Journal. Our good friend Ed Graney joins us every single Monday at this time. And Ed, thanks so much for your time. We were just talking about some of the takeaways from the divisional round of the playoffs and what the Raiders could look at. And I came out and said, hey, I think they need at least five new starters. On defense, you know, every area of it, the defensive line, linebackers, corners, safety, I think they need to have at least five uh, new defensive uh, players. What are your thoughts on, on the defense and what you saw this weekend, and how much do the Raiders need to address that this offseason? I think five is a uh, you're being kind, Q. Mm. Um, uh, I think uh, I'm not so sure what the number is, but um, uh, you and I have talked so much about this in terms of the overall on the defense and looking at all spots except maybe a few that are obvious players like Max and others, but, um, you know, I agree that they tried to give some of the younger guys a shot and maybe those guys will come through. Maybe those guys will keep improving. But, um, I, you know, you watch these games too, and you wonder how close they are, how far they are, you know, away from these teams based on positions. And, you know, somewhere you can say, okay, they're, they're close there. They're not close in other spots. And I think defensively, we all know if we watch them play this year, they're pretty far away. So, um, you know, five's probably a good number. I mean, I haven't gone through every every position in terms of who's at each one. I'm um, got the depth chart kind of in my mind, but um, I, I think five would be a good starting point, don't you? I mean, in terms of you know at least trying to improve things. Yeah, I think that they have to. I think what we learned from this weekend, and it's kind of what we already knew, but I think it just kind of reconfirmed what we already know is that the defense is necessary. You've got to have a defense that can keep you in games in December and January if you want to make a deep run. You can't just go in there and think, okay, we're going to outscore everybody because it's not going to happen right. happen every right. week. No, it's not going to happen. It's not even going to happen in, uh, in the snow, is it? 
um, uh, we, we saw it happen there. So you're right. Um, defensively. And that's the thing. Everyone, so much, everyone talks about the quarterbacks. And I mean, I love watching these quarterbacks in the, in the playoffs. There's so many great ones, but I think people do forget what you just said in terms of defensively and you have to stop people and those who can stop people, you know, look what the, what the Niners did. Dak didn't play very well. Right. Um, I didn't think Josh Allen played very well. So some of these big time quarterbacks or the big time names didn't get it done. And, you know, it's, as as we say they didn't play well, I think you make the best point. You've also got to look at the other side and say, well, what did they do defensively to make that happen? Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's just like, oh, you know, it's Dak and he's not any good and all that. Well, you know what? He played against a hell of a defense yesterday. <laughs> right. Now, he made some he made some self-infecting wounds. We both know that. But um, I think sometimes, to your point, that there's not enough said about defensively and we get too caught up in, hey, who's the best quarterback in the league and who's, be- who's, you know, who's number two to Mahomes and all that and where's Joe Burrow now sitting and all that. And we forget you got to stop someone to win. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing about that, especially in that Cowboys game, I know Dallas didn't win and Dak didn't play very good, but the Dallas defense did enough to give them a chance, right? I mean, they kept them in the game and made Brock Purdy look like he was Brock Purdy, who was a seventh-round pick, as opposed to a guy who hasn't lost a game since he got in the lineup. No, he was 19 of 29. They only had – I mean, they only needed 19 points to win. Right. Um, You know, and and that says a lot about the Dallas defense for holding them to 19 and not – you know, these these Niners scoring 30 or whatever. So um, Brock pretty better play better next week because yeah. um, the Eagles uh, have, a, you know, a great, great defense. But you're right. I mean, Purdy, you know, 19 of 29, 214 yards. Um, didn't turn it over like that, like Dak did. Um, so, you know, uh, that uh, that speaks to him. But you're right. Um, Dallas' defense was, was something he was impressive. It is impressive most of the year also. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, when you see it up close and personal like that in the San Francisco defense, um, that just goes to show you how much uh, that side of the ball means. Ed Graney is our guest from ESPN Las Vegas, also the RJ here on Raider Nation Radio 920. DeMond's got one for you. Oh, here comes UNLV basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you already know. <laughs> you know what, Ed? Let's just, let's just go there. We'll take. No, don't go there okay, yet, man. Okay. Let's talk NFL right now. <laughs> Eddie, you really, you really just killed the mood, Ed. You know, you just, you just turned my smile upside down. But with the play, with the teams that are left in the playoffs and everybody that played this past weekend, I know we talked about it a little bit last week with the Raiders when it comes to that gap, how far away they are from being a playoff team. But what do you think is that one unit that when it stands out on the defensive or the offensive side that you can say is a commonality in all the teams that made the playoffs? That are still alive? Yeah, that the, just the unit that you say you need this unit to be good for your team in the playoffs. I'm just going to agree with Q and say it's defensively. Um, and each each of these defenses have better units. Like you know, one's Bosa. You know, and, and the Eagles are going to have different different kind of guys of that. But I think the commonality is the is they can stop people when they need to stop people. That's why these games I think are going to be so good this weekend to see which side can can do that. Um, you know, they're. You, you're not going to get this far if you're not good defensively. And, you know, I love, like I said, I love talking about the quarterbacks with everybody. Um, can the Niners' defense slow down the Eagles? You know, I don't think, you know, uh, 19 points, is that going to be enough? I mean, there's all these kind of storylines you can go at. But um, I think the commonality is they all can defend to a point where, you know, that's what it's going to come down to, who can stop these great quarterbacks. And um, can't wait to see it. Like I said, I think they're going to be two really good games. Uh Joe Burrow, cool Joe Burrow, um, 3-0 against uh, – he's won the last three against Kansas City. So um, surprised a little around town. A little around town has that – has this has the Bengals um, minus one right now. Not everybody. Mm-hmm. It's kind of been bet back. 
But that goes to show you what the books think, and if you know if any of them have Cincinnati favored. Yeah, exactly. I think Cincinnati should definitely be favored. You know, with Patrick Mahomes having the bad wheel and the way the Cincinnati's playing offensively and defensively, their defense is playing some really good ball as well. Again, we're talking with Ed Grady from ESPN Las Vegas and the RJ here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Sticking with the defensive theme, how big of a deal do you think it is, Ed, that Patrick Graham is going to be the head coach of the national team there at the Senior Bowl and him getting a up close a personal look with some of these defensive players that are going to be out there? Oh, I think it's huge. I, don't, I mean, there's nothing, you know, nothing uh, more important than experience of watching these guys work, seeing what kind of, you know, players they are, what kind of people they are, being able to talk to them, being have to, you know, maybe send informal interviews that you wouldn't be able to have in terms in terms of the combine. He's working with them every day, can, you know, see see what they're about all about. You never turn down something like that, especially for a team that needs players um, and needs defensive players. So to send him there and to get him that job and, and to have him do that I think is invaluable um, for the Raiders and for him uh, so maybe you know something you know you never know what round it is but a kid's on the board and, and he coached him at that game he could have you know good bad things to say about him whatever but he could like really have a difference in, in who's taken in certain spots so I think that's that's enormous for Patrick Graham and I think it's huge for the Raiders as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be a big deal. And then, of course, the Shrine Bowl is right here in our own backyard. It's going to be at Allegiant Stadium, so the Raiders don't have to send their scouts, and Dave Ziegler can go and check it out himself. Uh, How much of an advantage is that? That's big as well, having it in your own town. And I I think it's, again, right? It was here last year. Yep. Um, You know, I mean, uh, I, you know, out at Fertitta, I think the Raiders are going to actually have a practice at their facility. Yeah, they are. Um, If I remember my uh, all-important credential information to you. Right. I think they're going to have one out there because they said spaces are limited, so get your names in. Yeah. But, yeah, no, that's that's huge. I mean, anytime you don't have to travel and you can have more people there, more eyes on players, I mean, I think it's only a positive for your organization. And, you know, Ziegler, I'm sure, is going to be front and center um, at the places they can be. And, you know, I mean, uh, again, they need players. And this draft is so, so critical for them coming up in terms of who they're going to select, what positions, uh, free agencies coming, you know, what what do they think they need, who's out there. I'm not going to pretend to know every free agent that's on the block right now, but you know they'll probably be involved with that. Um, so any time you can get closer look at players than you wouldn't normally have, I think it's a huge deal for them, and especially a team that's trying to get better and trying to improve and trying to find the right mix. You know, the only thing I know about a Dave Ziegler ran draft, and we don't know a lot because the first pick we saw him get last year was a third round pick, which they turned into Dylan Parham. The one thing I'm looking at in all these draft prospects, Eds, is is guys that have versatility, and that's where I'll start, right? Because that's something that we've heard a lot about: versatility, versatility, versatility. Outside of that, Ed, I don't really know what a Dave Ziegler football player looks like. I don't either, and that, that, that's a great point. But I mean, Parham obviously got you know uh, they brought him in, uh, they brought Zamir White in. Now maybe they thought they're going to get more run out of him, but then Josh Jacobs goes and leads the league in rushing, is the best running back in football. Um, so no one was going to, I don't think anyone was going to predict that. Um, so yeah, this you know this is really going to be something you know with the with the Derek Hart uh, possible trade with all that's going on. It's going to be great to see where they really pick. You know, do they move one way or the other? Um, what happens with that pick? Um, but I, I'm excited to see it, man, because I, I'm with you. I don't really know what their drafts are going to look like, mm-hmm. but I think this year it's going to give us a lot better, you know, answers than last year did. Uh, you know, when they started in the third um, and and took Dylan and and went forward with that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this draft a lot, and for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, I think we're all kind of sitting there waiting to see what happens with Derek first. Yep. That's kind of the first thing to first thing to fall. 
and then moving forward with, you know, drafting some of these guys that they're probably going to get to know really quickly at these all-star games and obviously at the combine they will. Ed Graney is our guest from ESPN Las Vegas. Got a couple more questions for you. Go ahead, Damon. You mentioned UNLV uh, basketball when I first opened <laughs> up my mouth, so I've got to bring it back to it now. They're tied for last in the mouth. Can't West. help yourself. Huh? What happened, Ed? They're not defending, man. They went ten and zero and defended, and um, every everyone in the Mountain West is figuring them out. You know, we, we talk a lot about on the, on the morning show in terms of how these Mountain West teams have attacked them and how they figured them out, and they're just not defending like they did. And you know, some of it could go to the non-conference schedule, Demond. Um, I think all of us would agree it wasn't the toughest non-conference schedule. And what happens when you get into conferences? They scout you a lot better. I mean, conference is so important to coaches. They they break down everything. Where if you're you know, if you're a non-conference team and you're playing on a Monday and a Wednesday or whatever, you don't really have time to really do a deep, deep scout. Um, like the conference teams, you know, they go out of their way to do that. They've got assistance all over these scouts. And they, they're going to break down every weakness you have. And right now their weakness is defense, which was their strength in the 10-0 start. So they've got to either change some things up or they've got to get better defensively because these Mountain West teams have done a really, really good job scoring against them. And uh, that has to change. Um they get Wyoming tomorrow night. Uh, winner gets out of the cellar. Um, I think they beat Wyoming tomorrow night. Wyoming is just, just not a good basketball team. But then Saturday is another really good test against Reno, and Reno's playing well. Um, so we'll have to see. But the short answer is they're not defending nearly as well as they did when they were 10-0. I know that this is a little bit too far to say this. You know, Uh-oh. it's too early. Oh, well, here we go. But I've got to ask, new AD, Uh-oh. could Kevin Kruger be on the hot seat? No. Okay. No, they like him a lot. Why are you always try to fire someone? Hey, man, this you. is this is not a uh, Marcus Arroyo situation. He's very well liked <laughs> there. I mean, I don't think anyone. I like him too. One and, anyone, no one's happy with one and six at that school. No one's happy with ten and zero. And now, kind of like your at large, your at large uh, NCAA tournament hopes are done. You're gonna have to win the conference tournament to get in. That might be tough if you have to go four and four days. They've got to get out of this. They got to get high enough to where it's three and three days. Four and four is just really, really hard. I mean. Q's got a son that plays college basketball. He knows. Mm-hmm. I mean, beating anyone for winning four and four days is just really hard. Right. So they've got to they've got to win enough this second half to get up to where they can get in three and three days, and then that's even that's even difficult. But um, no, they like Kevin. Um, uh, Kevin's not very happy right now, but um, uh, you know he's only in his second year here as the coach. And again, I'll go back. It's it's not an Arroyo situation where uh, you know I don't think the, the everyone was on the same page. I think they're on the page with Kevin, and they're going to move forward with him. All right, Ed, we'll close out with this. We'll take it back to the Raiders as we close out. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or other gut feeling on who's going to be the quarterback for the Raiders in 2023? Uh, you. <laughs> you're finishing. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to take the field. Okay. I'm that, going to take the field. That's fair. I'm take the field. That's fair. I'm no, that, that's, the that's fair. That's absolutely fair. And that's probably the, the best answer out there because I will be 100% honest with you, Ed. I have no clue. People ask no, me all the time, and I'm like, man, I wish I had a good beat on it. Yeah. I have no idea whatsoever. I, I wish I knew what Tom Brady truly thought of the situation here. And maybe he hasn't even thought about it. Maybe he's you know, still, you know, he just got done with the season, and he's not even thinking about that yet. Mm-hmm. But, and maybe we'll never know if he doesn't come here. But I'd love to know what's important. I mean, I think the only thing important to him at this stage is winning Super Bowls. Right. Um, and I'd love to know, if it doesn't happen, his thoughts on why. Um, but if it does, uh, then it does. So, But I'll, I'll, I'll stay with the field at this point. I think that's a safe one. That's a good answer right there, Ed. <laughs> what do you got coming out on the RJ we should be on the lookout for? Uh, we're going to be you know, staying with a lot of uh, UNLV basketball this week. They, they get Reno, and then we're going to do something with Lindy LaRock. I mean, that, that women's team, Q, is 10-0. and 0. I think they're like 19-2. and 2. 
Um, now there, there, there's the UNLV basketball team. Demond should be talking about. There you go. That's, that's right. That's the team they should be talking about. I mean, he, she's uh, she's doing a heck of a job. And ten and zero is you can't beat ten and zero. So uh, we'll stay on that. And uh, they both host Reno on Saturday, so people can see the women at two and then the men at seven, and not even leave the not even leave uh, the area there. Nice. I like it. I like it. Well, Ed, thanks so much for your time. As always, we appreciate you. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right, there he goes. Ed Grady, ESPN Las Vegas, also the Las Vegas Review-Journal. You can find him on Twitter, at Ed Grady, and with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920 at 2.30s on Monday. Matter of fact, let's go ahead. I said we were coming in hot. We are going to give out tickets. We got the Black Crows tickets. We got them all week long. Every single day we're going to give out a pair. Let's do it right now. 702-365-9200. Caller number nine is what we're looking for. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got to shout out my man John and not John McClain, but John who just got hooked up with a pair of tickets to go see the Black Crows Saturday, February 11th. Got tickets to Friday and Saturday's night at the Palms. You can get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. But these are two tickets to Saturday, February 11th. So shout out to John who got hooked up. And we got those tickets all week long. We might do it every day at 2.45. I'm not too sure, but we're going we're gonna to make sure we give them out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, just like that. Our guy Craig and Promotions hooks us up with the best tickets. We're giving them out. And also, you know, it's a good, the, the serendipity of, hey, man, John calls in. He says, I'm a real big Black Crows fan. Oh, boom. And yeah, he's big fan. And then he also says, great show. Keep it up. So it's like a big fan of the Black Crows and a big fan of this show. There you go. Hey, look, the compliments all that we needed. <laughs> <laughs> the Black Crows be damned. <laughs> no, thank you, John. We definitely appreciate you calling in and chiming in and listening to Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, the other John, John McClain, GallerySports.com and Sports Radio 610, he'll join us in a matter of a few minutes about five six minutes uh here and talk all things nfl but we've been going through these texts that we got on our don't be broke.com text line at 69187 keyword rnr what stood out to you the most about the winners from this weekend's games uh what can the raiders take away and say yes that's what we need uh el paso raiders said also a huge need for the raiders what i saw in playoffs yesterday an elite quarterback and that kind of goes back to the call that we had from uh mark in colorado where he said that you know joe burrow was out there just 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 making it happen. And, you know, over the weekend, as I was looking at these defenses and saying, man, it sure would be nice to have that kind of defense. I also thought, not going to lie, I also thought it would be nice to have a quarterback that you don't have to say, well, he's got to develop behind someone for a few years before he's really going to be able to be counted on. Really, instead, just have a dude that can go in there. Now, if he gets to sit for a year, cool, that's fine. Or even two years, that's fine. But not because he has to learn to, to develop. And, and what I mean by that is like Anthony Richardson. I know he's got a lot of upside, but there's also so much boom or bust when it comes to him. He might end up being great, and he might not be. He might end up being really – like, I don't want them to go get a guy that there's a big question mark. Even Hendon Hooker, I like what he brings to the table to a certain extent, but I've said it before, feels like he's a really good college quarterback. And coming off the ACL surgery, all of a sudden, what if he just doesn't develop? Even if he's a later-round pick. And I know that there's no guarantees – but, man, it sure would feel good if you if you see the Raiders go and draft a guy at some point and say, that's going to be a dude. Trevor Lawrence was a no-doubter, and I get it. He's the first number one overall pick. Trevor Lawrence was a no-doubter. Everyone knew that he was going to be a guy. Joe Burrow, no-doubter. Everyone felt like he was going to be the guy. Absolutely, right? But then there's other number one overalls that you have question marks. I mean, Baker Mayfield, he was good for a while. Then he kind of fell off. Kyler Murray was good for a, a while. Can you really win with her? And with him? I don't know. So... <laughs> You know, Bryce Young, I'm expecting him probably to be the number one quarterback. Is he going to be that dude? 
I just would like the, Ra- the Raiders to end up with a guy like that, that all of a sudden you just knew was an elite quarterback. I heard the morning tailgate putting um, quarterbacks in tears earlier this morning. Some of it I agreed with, some of it I didn't. But, you know, to, to have a, a quarterback that you feel very confident is either a top-tier quarterback or right below that, that's a good thing too. That's a great thing. And the Raiders haven't had that guy in a long time. Even though I think Derek Carr was right there on the cusp of being at least in the in, in the in, in tier two this this past year, obviously he he took a little bit of dip, which I wasn't surprised by that because if you go back and look at the history of of what Derek Carr has done when he's got a new coordinator, a new play caller, it's always taken a little bit of a dip. So him taking a little bit of a step back this past year wasn't a huge surprise to me. It just obviously was the end of the road for. You know, the, the, the guys that are make the call, the guys that matter. I'm not a guy that matters. DeMond's not a guy that matters. The guys upstairs in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, they're guys that matter. I know one more guy that matters, John McClain, GalleriesSports.com, Sports Radio 610. He'll join us next as we kick off hour number two of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.